What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I'm super excited and honored today to welcome my friend Toby Hofmeister with us. He is an amazing, amazing man. He is the creator creator of Deep Connection. He merges spirituality and business and is fascinated by what we can do when we come together with vulnerability and openness. He's the founder and chief vision officer at Superhumans, a collective of spiritual entrepreneurs approaching the great challenges of our time through co-creation, non-ordinary states of consciousness, and from a place of love. Welcome, Toby. Good to be here, Don. Nice to see you. <laughs> uh, we connected in sort of a strange, you know, alternative way. Uh, and here we are. I mean, when, when I saw you speak, uh, we're in this we were in this marketing uh, mastermind together and, you know, everybody, there are lots of people in it, lots of different perspectives. And when I heard Toby speak, I just really resonated with Toby. So um, how did you come to this place of the, um, of the importance of consciousness in your life? Because you've had your own, you know, windy journey. It's, it's such an interesting one because basically I feel I've always had it, you know? Me um, too. Yeah, because I remember I had this like one argument with my dad, you know, where I was like yelling out of my bathroom window and I was like, my body is my temple. You know, I don't want anything of this like alcoholism and all that crap. How old and, were you? Like early teenage years, you know? Wow. And so I, I always had these like big conversation with my dad and he was like, man, you know, it's like too high. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I, I feel I had this sort of like knowing in a way, but in, in my family, I didn't really feel like rested. And were you like sort of a weird kid? I mean, I, I felt like that a lot of times, like I was sort of kind of on the fringe in a way. I mean, it, it, it's kind of interesting because I mean, I literally, we lived on the fringe, you know, we were like in a small village and we lived at the end of a road, basically like our house, our, our farm was just surrounded by like meadows. And uh-huh. I mean, we basically spent a lot of time just on our own. It was in many ways, like really beautiful because we could go into the woods and kind of like try uh-huh. to set things on fire. Um, but every kid's dream to play with fire. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I mean, so in that regard, it was like really exciting, but at the same time, I didn't really feel seen, you know, I didn't really feel uh-huh. seen and heard in sort of like my, like other aspects of like creativity or actually like synthesizing ideas. And then, I mean, I went through university and then got like four different degrees and all these always fascinated. Four, four, only four, Toby. <laughs> Yeah, I got only four. Yeah. Uh, but it was, that was my thing, you know, it was actually one of my things of like, well, I wanted to like earn the approval and recognition kind of like mm-hmm. of my parents and mm-hmm. like kind of the outside world with publishing papers and speaking at conferences. And then I recognized at some point like, man, you know, ultimately I'm really, really intrigued by like merging these like spiritual aspects with like how we actually operate in the world. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, cause I was then working in the tech industry and I saw like, we have like, all these cool tools now, but we are basically, they amplify who we are, you know? And so in 
2018 and I was at a, a lecture where Chris Messina spoke about the technology for better humans and started like crying in the thing. I was like, this is so interesting. Yeah. Our founders, you know, they then hire teams and these teams build technology and this technology then basically shapes mass behavior. And so the mindset of these founders ripples into what teams they create, which then ripples into what tech is going to be built. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I feel I always like dabbled with these spiritual aspects, um, with silent retreats and, you know, growing up in a Christian family, I really felt I wanted to kind of belong, but it just didn't feel right to me. And so like Eastern mysticism and things like that, it really intrigued me like yoga. And I remember going to this class with my mom actually, and the teacher was saying, you know, if it hurts, something is shifting. And it was the first time where it actually changed my mind of like, hmm, so pain is actually not bad. It means that there is some sort of like transformative process. And can you repeat that again? I think a lot of people need to hear that, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the yoga teacher was saying, like, you know, if, if, if there's pain and there's something shifting. And that really stuck with me because what, what it meant to me was like that ultimately, like, pain isn't something to like numb ourselves away from with like medication and things, but actually sort of like embrace it and feel like, okay, there's some, some transformation. And actually when I was in India just last year, or actually early this year at a silent retreat and the beginning, just sitting, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is so miserable, you know? Um, Cause I mean, my knees were just like in pain. And then I remembered what a teacher was saying. I was like, look, just become curious, become curious of like whatever arises. And so I became curious about, because at first I thought my knee is in pain. So I was curious about my knee. And then I recognized like it's actually not my whole knee that's in pain. It's just a small area that's in pain. And then I recognized like, it's actually just like these little like needle points. And then the moment I basically draw my attention to it, the things disappeared. I was like, wow, this is fascinating. How does that you know, happen? <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure, but like the experience that I had then was at some point it was like, felt like this sort of like something expanding in me and then being lifted from me and it was just such a cool experience where I feel I tap deeper into that you know what we believe is ultimately true and that mm. we are, we're having these like two minds our subconscious mind and then our conscious mind and I mean our subconscious mind is basically like what runs our running the program <laughs> exactly it runs the programs and I mean, the conscious mind we then can use to kind of like alter these programs. And so what I'm beginning to see now is like, wow, like my job basically with my conscious mind is to just rewrite the programs in the subconscious that don't work right now as well as they could. Because I mean, when we look at the information processing speed, like our subconscious mind is freaking incredible. Um, but then again, I mean, this is also where I kind of like, it's a blessing and a curse. Because if like a lot of these programs are faulty, then, you know, we're having like all these like limiting beliefs and shitty money habits and poor relationships or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, but, e but even by you saying it's a curse, it's like a, this judgment on it. It's just like the pain. You had this judgment on this pain and, um, and the pain, whether it's in your body or it's in your heart, in your emotions or in your mind, because that is pain, that curse would be the pain so that you, so that your consciousness, your awareness of where is that coming from and what do I need to do about it to make that 
shift. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, I think where, where really the, the beauty lies that because ultimately it's, it's all just energy. It's not good or bad. You know, it's, it's really like the language that we put on top. And I mean, this was another one of my like nerdy, nerdy pleasures was like looking at language. <laughs> I mean, obviously I grew up in Germany. You know, I, was, I, I was a rhetoric major, by the way, which is all linguistics and stuff. See, I mean, honestly, like when Pedro, like the mastermind that you mentioned earlier, where we met, when he was speaking about did the words create worlds, it's like, dude, so true. And it's just incredibly important how we actually use our language. And I mean, that's actually some, something when I work with people, like I often kind of like take these things apart. It's mm-hmm. interesting how you phrase that. Cause I mean, basically I feel like how we phrase things shows so much about how our subconscious actually works. Right. It's, it's because, because it's automatic, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like breathing. We don't think, Oh, I have to breathe which actually perhaps we should. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that in your retreat in India, that was a big part of your meditation was your breath. 100%. And then, I mean, I looked a lot into breath work right now. I have this, um, also this cool inner balance sensor from HeartMath Institute that you clip to your ear. And it's really beautiful how basically synchronizing my breathing and breathing into my heart space and feeling these elevated emotions. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's so cool to see how it creates this like heart coherence. And I mean, sometimes like really cool things happen, you know, I do these meditations and then whatever, I sold another product or something. And it's just like, it's so cool. It's like, boom, like manifesting at scale. And it's not through activity on the computer, but it's actually just through centering alignment of my being and so there is this interesting like mystical sort of like connection that i i'm I'm curious to explore more you know yeah i think that's what all of this is about it's just discovering more of who you are and what's inside of you or what's Mm. you know because all of these things like i don't i don't know um (laughs) well i'll tell you later (laughs) anyways (laughs) uh the guy from Mind Valley, mm-hmm. and Mi- and, our, and our um, mastermind mentor, yeah, are in a mastermind together. Yeah, with Joe Polish, huh? Oh. yeah. I just found that out, and I was like, "Oh, isn't this fascinating? Like all of these connections. <laughs> like, how does this happen? You know, because because there's so much in our world. I mean, you with your four degrees." <laughs> I need to do, I need to do, I need to, you know, I need to push. I need, there's like all of this sort of um, ways that we feel like we need to show up in the world because somehow we're seeking something outside of ourselves. Right. But all of these things, if you just stay present and breathe (laughs) and tap in, Mm. And listen, not to your mind, but in the mind, the greater mind, that all of these things start happening in your life. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's the, the whole like, ethos of like, why I'm doing what I'm doing, because ultimately, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's the powers and the connections. It's not about in like what we do, but it's about like whom we're doing it with. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really interesting because I think a lot of the like modern days of like business thinking is it's quite influenced I think by like Joe Polish's group and then also um, when you think of strategic coach 
um, Rich Littman. I mean, they are they are all sort of like in in, in the same circle, the same you know, vortex. like absolutely like dabbling with these like non ordinary states of consciousness. And uh -huh. I mean, if Stephen Kotler being part of that pack, and it's it's just a very interesting connection to see like ultimately, you know, what would we perceive so often as success and power, and what one could get easily kind of like drawn towards. I mean, it's just like the surface manifestation of actually like the bigger thing. And the bigger thing is really the ability to like fully like tap into your own capacity and bring forth everything that you are with the right people. And I mean, that's why like the work that I do in superhumans is like so exciting to me because it's exactly kind of like doing this for, for a slightly different group of humans that are younger, that basically see more and that are i think more tapped into like what what non-ordinary states are actually out there you know like from psilocybin to ecstatic technologies around like sexuality around all sorts of like dance festivals like music type things and it's just like in incredible like what we can actually really create i mean even just with the power of our breath you know i'm getting deeply into breath work and actually next week at the forum we're going to have two sessions on breath work to release on the one hand, like old emotions. And then mm -hmm. on the other hand, like breathing in new beginnings. And it's just, I think such a beautiful way to, you know, create more connection within ourselves mm -hmm. by actually through consciously choosing a certain breathing pattern that we can tap into our autonomic nervous system, you know, and basically get access to states within us that are otherwise outside of our conscious control. So how do you, how do people even become conscious? I mean, that's an interesting question because today when I was listening to Bruce Lipton's book, you know, it seems like it's just a normal state of development that, you know, as a child, first you're kind of like in this trance state and then you develop consciousness. But then I think the, the question is, you know, are you actually allowed to be you or are you required to be somebody else? And how many people do you know are, are allowed to be themselves? I mean, that's exactly the, 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 the thing where I feel there's a, a big transformation that um, I feel begins to happen. And I mean, it's something that I'm really aware of my own kids right now to okay. allow and, and encourage them to like, what means encourage? I mean, they're already themselves, you know, basically just like <laughs> not interfere too much, you know, and it would be really you seeing allowing like, you yourself ultimately. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing where I recognize more, all my kids are actually here to, you know, almost support me on my journey. And then, I mean, what, would, what I'm doing is I'm creating that container for them to ex explore who they are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at the same time, I also recognize like, wow, you know, like all the work that I do on myself right now and the, the, and then basically just model that. Cause I mean, that's the other big thing that I recognize that ultimately it's all about being a certain way rather than like saying or like doing a certain way, you know, it's, it's just like, cause that's what I feel what my kids pick up on whenever, when I'm like stoic as a rock and I'm like, just like freaking stable. Um, the home is incredibly calm when I'm somewhat like slightly stressed or so they pick it up, you know, and, and, and they feel more agitated with one another. And it is, it's just so interesting that ultimately it all starts with what state am I in and how capable am I to actually alter my state at will mm -hmm. um, with like breathing, for example, or small meditation or 
Yeah. And I mean, ultimately it's all in the body. I mean, this is the other interesting piece, you know, that I mean, we, we do have all these like interesting conversations. Um, yet with the experience is actually like within our, our body. And then we're trying to basically put some verbiage patterns to describe that experience <laughs> to sort of like transmit that to someone else, you know? And yeah, I think well, this is where body feedback becomes really interesting. So I'm tracking my heart rate variability, for example. And um, yeah, I think biofeedback is a really like interesting tool in that regard as well to deepen the connection with ourselves, um, especially for people like myself who have become like quite sort of like cerebral. Cerebral. <laughs> and then like seeing the numbers being like, okay, cool. Awesome. Now I know like that state of heart coherence feels like that, you know? And so basically like remapping that, what does this body sensation sort of like translate to? And then being like, okay, cool. This is a body sensation that is actually putting me in a higher state of performance. Okay. Now I know what this feels like. So then I can begin to basically train to like recognize that state without the technology. Well, I, I think that that's, um, this is, this is what happens when we grow up and you're, you're given these messages of you need to be a certain way, you know, you need to show up according to how people think you should show up. And so then you stop, uh, you stop listening to the signals that your body gives you. It's like your body is your, you're, you're constantly getting signals all around you, um, from your body, from your emotions, from your spirit, you know, if you're connected to your source, yeah. it's like you get these little uh, either pictures in your head or words in your head or just like this into, you know, intuitive knowing. But because we grow up in this culture where that's not really accepted, it's like, oh, you're crazy. You know, you don't know what you're talking about or don't act that way or you should be a nice person instead of expressing your anger or whatever. And so there are all of these ways that we disconnect from our, I call it truth, truth, mm. our truth. And so this, you know, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I resonated with you because I know that this whole connection is all one thing. It's all one thing. And so when you start paying attention to you know, that awareness, when you start getting these awareness, like this is not feeling right. I mean, even, even like walking down a dark alley and you feel something, you're like, oh crap, I need to get, get out of here. Right. It's like these instinctual things that tell us, um, that, that protect us, that mm -hmm. help us, uh, feel safe, that help us, um, trust more in ourselves and that help us, uh, help guide us to what's, the next right thing for us. So, you know, this is, I think this is really fascinating teaching your kids how to, how to do this, how to be this. Yeah. See, the other thing that I feel is actually to this question, like how, how do you awaken to your consciousness? I think it's actually through trauma. It's mm -hmm. really, I feel like having these like, kind of like breakdown experiences and like, like the curse of your pain. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I look at like, you know, addiction to abundance, you know, because ultimately I think like our, our pain to power, you know, it's, it's all, all, all these like beautiful transformation is like putting a different frame on the thing. And that's why, for example, I resonate so strongly with like Joe Polish as well, when he speaks about like his whole like cocaine thing and like, why was he like 
in this state because he didn't have any connection. You know, I mean, I, I was addicted to porn or then I recognized actually it's, it's actually been codependence, you know? And so like being in these recovery communities, I recognized like, wow, that is also the saying, you know, if you take the I out of illness and put a we and then it becomes wellness. And it's just like all these like- I've never heard that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite fascinating, but it's ultimately like, I, I think it's like actually really beautiful, you know, and I'm, I'm really grateful for sort of the trauma that I experienced because without it, I wouldn't, I, I think I wouldn't have that like deep seeking spirit and I wouldn't do like work that I'm like freaking excited about every day, you know? And it's, it's basically, I feel I would, um, yeah, basically would subscribe to the system as it is rather than thinking like, look, this is like basically the construct of like, people's ideas from like hundreds of years ago and people bought into it more and more. And that's why it became actually a stronger and stronger system. But the question is like, what happens if we withdraw our energy, if we withdraw our investment into the current structures, like what happens then? And then it's like, that's why, for example, these podcasts are such an interesting new format, basically, because it seems that, you know, instead of having this kind of broadcast modality where there's like one truth and then indoctrinate like a whole country, it's like, look, you go pick whoever you want to listen to. And ultimately it's becoming, it's like really like diverse and like multi-niched world. And it's, it's like, okay, like what is true to you, you know, and then go tap into this uh, sort of inner knowing. And I mean, with that comes also a lot more responsibility because you can't go around and be like, this person told me to do it like this. And it's <laughs> like, well, <laughs> that doesn't work. And so this whole like blaming and victimizing mm-hmm. is ultimately, because it's been quite a like, comfortable thing you know if you don't need to take responsibility and you can blame somebody else for the decisions right. you're making right um but now we're basically in this state of yeah i need to take responsibility for what's happening within me and i think that's also coming around to sort of the relationship topic where ultimately i mean it's two people that are coming together and i mean i, I practice buddhism and so we speak a lot about human revolution and ultimately, you know, it's like these two humans, they need to both do their human revolution because, I mean, all of us have baggage of one form or another. And depending on how much we've actually looked at it and transmuted it, it will show up in these moments when it's about like vulnerability, when it's about like intimacy, when it's about actually like showing everything that we are. And, you know, if there's these feelings of like, oh, I'm not good enough, then yeah, you want to like, kind of like step away and hide and then sabotage things where you know these uncomfortable feelings that were kind of like suppressed as a kid could potentially come up mm-hmm. so how i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to your addiction to pornography for a minute mm-hmm. because i i believe any addiction is because you're disconnected from yourself so how did you come to this recognition that this is an issue <laughs> a problem, a pain? How did you come to this uh, insight or awareness? I mean, the, the moment I made a choice of like, okay, what I'll stop this shit was when um, the mother of my kids and, and I separated for the last time. So we had a pretty rocky relationship for uh, a number of years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I recognize now in back, you know, I, I basically use like porn as a way to stress manage, mm-hmm. you know, when there were like feelings coming that I didn't want to feel, I was like, okay, cool. I have a tool mm-hmm. to distraction. I have a distraction. 
Yeah, I, I would say like a, a really a good coping strategy at that time. You know, I basically like it, it was the best coping strategy that I had found until then. And yeah, I mean, it's a like massively mood altering, stage shifting experience. And I feel looking back now, it's like, you know, I had all this like energy and I didn't know like how to like hold it or funnel it. And so I had to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I went to an SAA meeting and recognized, oh, I'm actually not the only one. And I walked out of this thing. I was like, cool, awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's other people who struggle with the same thing. And I mean, just that awareness of like, wow, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, that suddenly like shifts everything. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, a few months in, I recognized like, oh, it's actually, this is actually not my problem. I can easily let go of that. It's actually like that I don't really like know what I feel mm-hmm. um, on my own. So I needed other people to tell me like what I felt basically. So like codependency thing. And yeah, with like Kodai, then went through my 12 steps and yeah, I mean, basically the 12 step of Kodai, you know, it's also of any sort of addiction recovery thing. It's like having had a spiritual awakening, you go carry this message to others. And I mean, that's, that's ultimately, I feel what it is, you know, it's this um, healing process of recognizing that we are more than just this sort of like meat suit you know, we, we are this like multidimensional being in a way. Mm-hmm. So was, was that the thing that broke up you and your ex-wife? No, obviously I committed to something I didn't want to commit to. And it is really actually like very interesting, like, cause it actually goes back to like the, um, like Kuda piece, you know, um, we met in the States and so I was there for a year to finish my, my undergrad mm-hmm. and yeah, it just felt like, wow, cool. Let's have this like crazy, like American college life, you know, like work hard, party hard, like <laughs> sleep with some amazing women. And then, yeah, turned out like, man, it's actually, it kind of like feels really good. I got really used to sort of like her loving me, you know? And then I was going to travel through South America where um, then it ended up not being just the eight months sort of like, let's go have some fun, but it turned like more serious. And then, um, yeah, I was like busy studying in different unis around the world. And at some point she was saying, you know, um, we either we move in together or we, we need to break up, you know, this isn't working for me. And at that point, like my heart was like, ah, I don't really want to move in. But I also didn't want to break up, you know, because it, it felt basically it was like a source for love that I couldn't generate within myself. And so mm-hmm. I decided, yeah, okay, let's, let's move to Germany and start living together. And yeah, and then basically one thing led to the next, you know, then we were going to like have kids and we got married and we moved to Norway and had more kids. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like basically like, I remember this night, like in Stockholm, like walking down it's like big street snow blowing against me. And then I stepped into this like entrance of this church to get kind of just get out of the wind tunnel a little bit. And I remember like the right thing at that moment would have been to say like, yeah, look, um, it's probably best thing to, to separate. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really big thing I, I learned from this whole experience that go with the intuition, even though it might be painful in a moment, you know, um, but it, it will save you and like other people potential pain along the way. I mean, at the same time, you know, I feel I learned a lot, a lot, a lot from actually going through that and, you know, having my first kids and 
yeah, now actually learning how to co-parent, you know, and, and how to really transform, yeah, kind of like resentment. And I mean, also resentment, it actually has nothing to do with her, you know, like, but it goes way further back. Um, and yeah, letting these things go and transforming into love and being like, look, yeah, you are very different and you view the world really, really differently. Um, and you are the mother of my kids as well. And I'm grateful that we like had these experiences because I feel like I learned a lot in terms of also the entanglement that I had with my family of origin, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I also learned a lot like how to not do relationships. And it basically, I, I saw like that I copied sort of the, the behavior that I saw from my dad and my mom, you know, and I recognized like, wow. Which was what? Yeah, quite, quite distant in a way, you know, and um, not overly loving. Mm. So really, um, yeah, very functional. Like, like, ex like externally, like affectionate or, or just the way that they treated each other was not very loving. Mm. Yeah, I think that there wasn't this really like deep connectedness. You know, I think my dad was a bit needy. My mom was a bit distant. And so it, it, it seemed mm -hmm. like this kind of like pursuer and being chased sort of um, connection. And I mean, you know, my dad, he had all these like naked women calendars in his like workshop and stuff. And so I feel that that primed another thing of like, yeah, it's obviously like you have like a woman, but then you also have like all these like other women, you know? And so it, it just like triggered so many, I think um, now when I look back, basically like, behavior patterns that now become aware of it. It's like, man, I can create whatever relationship I want to create, you know, just because I basically saw this model when I grew up, you know, doesn't mean that I need to recreate it. And so, um, yeah, I think that's definitely my, uh, my project at the moment to use my conscious awareness to like rewrite these scripts and be like, yeah, we're going to have date night every Thursday, you know, mm -hmm. and we're, we're going to go on this like ecstatic sexuality exploration and we're going to like worship each other and yeah it's it's interesting because it doesn't feel quite natural to me yet you know and so i it's, well, it's, it's a bit it's like learning exploration right yeah and it's like learning to drive a car you know like in the beginning it's like oh look at all the different um like needles like how fast are we going like is, is there still enough gasoline in, in the thing and what pedal do i need to put like where do I need to look for the pedestrians and all that stuff? And then, yeah, later on, you know, you can basically drive and have a conversation and recognize, oh, I actually haven't really consciously been aware of the street for probably like 10 minutes. And so I guess, I mean, you're, that's like, the, you're like, how did I get here? Wait a second, where'd I go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that's exactly the, the, the quest I feel I'm on in terms of the relationship space at the moment to be like, what do I want my ideal relationship to be like? And then, just go create it, you know, and, and, and know that I have the liberty to do that. And um, that is ultimately just up to me and my partner to decide, like, what crazy experience we want to cultivate together. You know? Yeah, I, I think I think this happens a lot. I mean, I've had this discussion with a friend of mine and he's and he says, you know, well, relationships just, you know, people get bored and, um, you know, you grow apart and whatever. I said, if your relationship is boring, it's because you're being boring because you're not it's you're you're not um inputting any creative energy into it yeah you know absolutely. so what do you what do you want to create how do you want to explore and i mean i'm sure i'm sure with every relationship 
with every couple, there are, there are things that one person will say, I want to explore this. And the other person says, I'm not interested in that. So then how do you navigate that? You know, because, because um, this is the thing, like, do you want to have all of these experiences with one person with, because, because even though you can, uh, even though you can create intimacy with many people, you know, Mm. you and I are having an intimate connection right now. Does that mean I want to sleep with you and, you know, spend my life with you? Probably not, but, (laughs) but, you know, I think people get into these situations where they think, oh, I have this interest, but does, does what, at what cost is this interest going to cost me? You know, like if I have this loving container of this person who has my back and I want to develop more intimacy and, um, and, have this sort of safe space. I mean, these are all the things that I am currently navigating in my singlehood, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like how do I want to create, what do I want to create in my next relationship? Because I feel like having a partner, having a partner, um, one who, however you choose to define it, you know, doesn't have to be marriage, but however you choose to define it, it's like one person that you know will always have your back. And one person that you can say, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me with this? Or one person that you say, hey, I want to try this. Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, how are, how are you experiencing this with your new partnership as opposed to your previous marriage? I think a big one for me is actually just like this, this full openness and like bringing everything that I am, you know, and actually like trusting. Including and your love and attention. Yeah. And because I feel in, in my, my last one, it was always this sort of like bargainy thing, you know, like um, transactional. How old do, do I need to be in order to like experience love? Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, I did kind of like, and this is an interesting way of like how, how to phrase this right now. Um, cause I, my, my, my initial thing was like when I displeased her, but it's like, Oh, it's actually like, it's not my fucking like responsibility to please her. But basically the, the moment like she experienced some sort of like emotional sort of ups and downs, I felt like it was my fault that she experienced that rather than thinking or knowing that ultimately it's like her experience and like her trigger is like, it's, it's up to her to actually fix that. If, if she, doesn't want to experience that you know and i mean i can always choose yeah i want to be there and like hold the space but then there's also moments where i'm like actually <sighs> I, I i don't because it, it feels like it's it's the same thing and it's like not my responsibility and then it being placed onto me and so that's something that in my new partnership we're really aware of right now it's like okay who feels what like wh- whom do these feelings actually belong to right now taking and away codependency yeah, exactly. And being like, like whatever you're feeling, I'm feeling. It's like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, no, because we had a um, conversation yesterday and it was like, okay, we, we, we both had our own sort of like fluctuation. And it was actually really beautiful because we were able to like hold the space for one another to kind of just experience that. Mm. And I mean, the big thing for me is just knowing that this connection will last, you know, like to just having this, this awareness that, okay, we are committed to making this work. And yeah, it's cool to have like a moment of actually 
kind of like rockiness. It doesn't need to be harmonious all the time. Cause I mean, it's actually like part of the journey. I feel right. It's that we, by coming closer together, we are actually tapping into like different parts of our, our wounds, our human condition. And then instead of feeling like, okay, I'm feeling this right now. And it's because of you. It's like, no, it's actually, I'm feeling this right now. And it's, it's something that is within me still. And actually you, grateful you, for, for you, you to triggered kind of, it in me. You triggered it in me, but it's about me. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, having that, that dialogue and I mean, I, ultimately it's, it's con, um, conversation and communication that it really like all boils down to. And I feel that's a big one for me to also, also learn and be like, look, I'm having a podcast today or you I'm working late today. Or, but, but then also like really making sure, like if, if I make a commitment to be like, Hey world, I'm committed to this right now, you know? And yeah, also I, I think, you know, retaining the me and the we is, yeah. is such an interesting one. Like basically what, what I feel actually the closer we get, the stronger our boundaries need to get. Cause I think that, that this is where the excitement comes in. Like, because it's like two different individuals, you know, like with different ambitions and dreams and yeah. different thoughts. And then this is where really the spark comes in. But then also, I mean, when, you know, we, we have sex and it's like, you want to just like basically like merge into one and just like experience that the deep, deep oneness and connectedness. And I mean, I deep, think in that it's like deep, such, deeply seeing the other person. Like absolutely seeing witnessing being a witness to yeah. the other person's experience yeah and i mean in these moments also being witness to my own experience as well and recognizing mm -hmm. like wow you know like these experiences actually are only possible because we are in these relationships and, and it doesn't need to be like always romantic but i feel basically every person is a mirror mm -hmm. i mean in the business world you know i recognize like wow like throughout this year i see like very distinct like who i was based on the people that I worked with at the time. It's like, wow, this is so cool. Like the progress that I made, you know? And I mean, what it shows as well is like, we outgrow people like really quickly, potentially. And so what I recognize for my new partner is like, wow, it's so important that she is on a pretty similar rate of personal evolution to me. Cause then this thing will become sustainable. You know, if we're basically connecting on the past, then, and this is what I did in my first relation. We kind of like connected on a sort of like similar, like past or like shared kind of like pains mm -hmm. rather than shared like possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I feel in my new partnership, it's about shared possibility and yeah, it's a similar rate of, of personal evolution development, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the tricky part because I know that you, you know, people grow in different, um, ways and different times and different yeah. rates. And, uh, you know, this was something that I struggle with in my own marriage because I felt like I was growing, growing, growing. And, and I'm not saying one's better, worse, you know, there's no judgment. It's just like, I was on this particular trajectory and I felt like he wasn't. Mm. And, um, you know, I think this is, I think this is the challenge in relationships because you will have times where, where maybe you feel like you're the one being left behind or you feel like, you know, you're the one leaving the other person behind. And so it's this, it's this like, 
it's, it's this sense of, you know, how, how long do I wait in a way, in a way, how long do I wait? You know, um, I'm, I'm hoping that the person will meet me where I am so that we can continue sort of encouraging each other to grow. Cause that's what I, that's what I feel like. It's like, I want to become the greatest version of myself, whatever that looks like, you know, and it's a constant evolution, you know, it's never done. And, um, and I, and I hope, I mean, that your partner would want you to become the greatest version of yourself. And if for some reason that they're, they're triggered or they feel insecure, if they see you sort of stepping into your own light or your own power or experiencing your own sense of personal freedom, um, this is, this is, these are the triggers that we have to navigate when we're in relationships. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting when you touched on that is um, that like we're together and then like one person changes. Cause I mean, what happens in that moment is like the relationship changes, you know, like the, the, the attachment. So if you basically like, if you attach like that and you change and it's suddenly like this, you know, it, it's not the same attachment. Right. And so it actually like, it, it threatens that sense of, of attachment potentially. And I think this is, this is a really like interesting experience. I feel in, in relationships of, of any sort that ultimately we need to really maintain our sense of like, who, who am I in this relationship and, and why am I in this relationship as well? Like what, what am I here to basically transform? Cause that's ultimately what I see is really why we do these relationships, you know, mm -hmm. because in relationships we can actually transform things in ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, while, yeah. And I mean, you being single, I mean, you still have like tons of relationships with people that you speak with, for example. And I mean, right. there is like all these like spaces held to like unpack things and then reintegrate them. And so this sort of generative listening in that regard, you know, like coming in as person A and leaving as person B, because one is open to be changed, like through the dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. And I mean, I think the interesting piece there is as well that we continuously outgrow and I mean friendships change as well like one of my friends I work out with almost like every day like two years ago and now we like hardly see each other because we, we've been on like very different tracks and um because I think fundamentally what it comes down to is energy you know mm. are we like still vibrating on the same frequency basically you know are we basically resonating in the most literal sense of the word or are we no longer resonating like are, are we basically resonating at, at odds and then when we come together we basically feel flat rather than like yeah fucking yeah. Nice, you know right. <laughs> i was just gonna ask how do you know if you're resonating <clears throat> with the same energy yeah it, it's for me i feel you know better after i had a conversation than before right. Right. and i mean it's also an interesting thing with society you know like when, when, when i go out it's like Ooh, there's a lot of like different stuff going on. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very like open and perceptive, perceptive human. So in that regard, actually it's like whole COVID thing. It's like, wow, it's like freaking incredible. I freaking love it. Um, Cause it, it just like, it, it changes like how we relate as humans. You know, it fundamentally yeah. doesn't change that we want to connect and we want to love and serve, um, but it changes how we do it. And I mean, for me personally, I feel I can become a lot more deliberate, you know, like earlier in my life, I, felt I was just wanting to like connect with anyone. And now mm. I'm be beginning to see like, wow, no. Because when I connect with everyone, I, I, I feel I drain a lot of my energy into black right. holes basically. 
mm-hmm. where I'm now like, who are the people that I would want to do life with? You know, because it's, it's no longer about like transactional shit. I want transformation. Yeah. Who are the people I actually want to deepen bonds with? Mm-hmm. And I think like Robert Koch in like the 80-20 principle, he was saying, you know, choose with care and build with commitment. Mm-hmm. I feel we're moving into this like differently beautiful age. You know, we're living in this absolute world of abundance in terms of like materials and food and anything, but also in people. You know, and so I think the challenge there is that when I grew up, I grew up in this like small village. So I felt like, wow, I needed to basically connect to the people that were right there. Because those were the people that were basically right. Proximity. supporting me. Exactly. Yeah. And now I feel like, wow, I no longer need to connect who's right here. I can connect to the people that actually resonate, you know, and I don't need to basically like hide my light, but I can just be like, look, if this is too much power for you, then I'll go somewhere else where people can actually like meet me on that level, you know? And so I shine brother shine. Yeah. See, but this is, I think the beautiful part of like, um, being able to connect, um, with other and I think this is another interesting distinction. You know, we always talk about like like-minded people mm-hmm. and it's cool. You know, we can have this connection in mind, but then at the same time, I personally, I mean, I, I told you, I track my like heart rate variability and like, how will I sleep and things like that. And, you know, sleeping with somebody in my bed, I feel more relaxed, you know, like I have a weighted blanket now as well to kind of like feel kind of like coddled at, at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so there is this thing of like, knowing that when my partner said it's like wow i and it's a conscious choice like all the time like i absolutely trust this person you know and it's like it 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 does actually like it it requires like this conscious awareness i trust this human you know i trust that they will be there i trust that they can yeah withstand a storm you know i trust that they are able to meet me in my power i trust that I can bring everything that I have, you know, from like happiness to anger, to ambition, to disappointment, you know, um, is, is trust a feeling or a choice? See, for me, it's, it's, it's a lot about a choice at the moment. Cause I recognize how, how mistrusting I become, especially in romantic and in really intimate relationships. <clears throat> and that's like part of my, my personal trauma where Yeah, like very early on, you know, I didn't have that connection from mom that I wanted or that I feel like I needed basically. And so I actually didn't trust the person that was supposed to be there for me, you know? And I mean, it's, it's just another one of these like internal like programs that my body, um, I feel still residually carries. And so we did actually this beautiful exercise. Um, so my partner, she's, she's a dancer. And so, you know, she had her hand like this and I put my hand on it and then it's closed my eyes and she just guided me um actually from our run on the beach back to our home and the first time i did it you know like all these like lights flickering from like the branches and the sunlight coming through so like wow she's gonna like lead me into some sort of like light pole and things you know and i was just like wow <laughs> it felt so uncomfortable doing yeah. but in the second time because the first time went well i was like all right cool i can actually walk a bit faster you know i, I trust her that <laughs> she'll take care of me and then so it is then becoming this sort of like embodied experience of hmm, i can actually you know like let go basically like in the presence of that person and it's like I think retra- retraining your neural pathways 
<clears throat> you know, because, yeah. because because when you are traumatized, and this is interesting because that man that I was telling you about that I talked to yesterday, we were talking about, uh, I asked him, what did he feel like men's greatest fears were? And he said, abandonment and humiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is this is one of the things I think that men are so afraid of being open and, and vulnerable because they feel like it will be used against them, you know, that they'll be humiliated in some way. And um, I, I don't know if humiliation, <clears throat> excuse me, is the same for women, but I feel like, I feel like most women have a fear of abandonment as well. And mm. it's, it's like this part of the human condition. I, I feel like that even though like my parents are, have a loving relationship, I grew up in a really beautiful home, but I had these experiences in my own, you know, partnerships, boyfriends, my husband, my ex-husband that I felt abandoned. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe it relates to my dad was in the military and he was gone two weeks out of every month for my whole growing mm. up life. And so it was just my mom, but you know, you, you, you wonder like, these are, these are the, these are the, these are the triggers, right? These are the triggers that we have to learn to trust in ourselves and create that sense of safety and security in ourselves that we won't abandon ourselves. You know, this, this is what our partner does. Our partner triggers that so that I'm feeling this sense of anxiety and anxiousness and feeling, oh my gosh, you're going to abandon me. You're going to leave me. I can't trust you. I don't feel safe, but it's like, I need to be the breath. Mm. I need to be the love that I'm looking for you to give me, but I need to give it to myself so that when I show up with you, I can say, Oh, I had this experience. This is, this is what happened. This is what triggered me. And I'm having this new awareness and thank you for the gift that you just shared with me. Absolutely. Yeah, and one of my Koda sponsors said it as well. You know, an adult, the only person that can abandon an adult is the person itself. Mm-hmm. That, that our partners, because I believe every relationship you have is an opportunity for healing something. Absolutely. You know, like a container for healing whatever aspect of yourself that you're not loving and accepting within you mm-hmm. or that you're not loving and accepting in the other. Absolutely. I totally feel you on that. And I mean, especially like, I think also these sexual connections are such a like incredible way of like releasing old trauma and going for all sorts of like emotional states. And I think that's an interesting one for me as well. Cause I mean, watching porn when I was younger, you know, you see a very specific way of what sexuality is mm-hmm. and then actually seeing like, wow, what, what can it be? Like if you just let go of these preconceptions and it just, yeah, such an incredible experience of really like deep healing, you know, and like going through like tears to laughter and like, it's just like so different from like what I would say we get educated what sex is actually. We don't get, we get educated on the mechanics. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, educated on, on, a, on a certain like preconception, because I, I think we're actually not really educated on sort of the energetic experience of sex, but we're educated on like, yeah, more the physical domination and penetration aspect. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I think from, from that perspective, I feel also like parents 
have such a like huge role to play to uh, yeah open this this topic with kids like quite early as well um, we're speaking to um, a yeah we see tantra sexual healer type person um a few days ago and yeah like she was saying we're having sex all the time you know we're basically like energetically speaking yeah continuously like, kind of like penetrating or receiving mm. and i found it was such a beautiful way of looking at it where when we look at our world, I mean, everything is like hypersexualized, but equally it's like totally taboo, you totally know? And, and so it's yeah, like, dude, this is like makes no sense. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all about like, yeah, let's use sex to sell things, but let's not use sex to actually like liberate mm -hmm. the individual. And so I think that's, um, well, and well using sex as a way to disconnect as opposed to, as a way to fully be present yeah. And give your presence as a gift to the other person that you're with. Yeah. I, I spoke um, earlier this year to someone, I think it's the guy's called Christopher Barnes and he has this relationship map, I think he calls it. Mm -hmm. So he has this like, you know, immature feminine and immature masculine and mature or divine you feminine. You sent that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sent it to you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just so interesting to see like, yeah, you know, if we were like sort of like in the image short and it's, it's about like all like seduction and basically stress management. Manipulation. And yeah, exactly. But then when we step into the divine version of, of sexuality, it's all about like containment and receivership. And it's just so cool. It's such a sort of like different experience suddenly. Because I think because instead of it being external, external sort of performance and goal oriented, it becomes mm. more about what is my internal experience of this? Where am I in this moment? Because every time you show up, even with the same partner, you're in a different space yeah. energetically. And so sometimes I just want to be cuddled. And mm. sometimes I want to be the aggressor. And sometimes mm. I want to just be the receiver. You know, yeah. and so, and sometimes I, you know, I want like all, all my different senses. And then sometimes I just want pure focus, you know? So like all of these different ways that we show up, it's, it still comes back to your body. It still comes back to like connecting with your body, what's going on inside of you and connecting with your emotions and what all of this stuff is bringing up for you and still being present you know, and, and really being present for all of your energy, you know, your heart energy, your spiritual energy, your, your psychological energy, your sexual energy, your creative, you know, your creative energy, which really sexuality is your creative energy, you know, so mm -hmm. back to the, if you're boring, <laughs> then you're boring. <laughs> you <know? laughs> So how can, so how can you bring the fullness of who you are into whatever experience you're with, with your partner? Absolutely. And I think the piece that you touched on there with the energy is such an interesting one. Cause I mean, it is, yeah, it's sort of like, I think most like energy releasing experience that we can, can have. And the potential, to, the potential. Exactly. The potential. I, I spoke to, um, a, a a friend in Australia who who yeah he's he's a sex coach and basically he runs like sex parties at his mansion and things like that and it's just really like 
cool experience and like he he makes every sort of sexual encounter like a little ceremony so he sets an intention for it so that then the moment when he orgasms he can kind of like bring this intention like in his mind to actually sort of like manifest at like velocity basically and then he was also saying you know at the same time it can also go the, the other way around and i think this is a lot with sort of like the immature like masculine and i definitely feel i experienced it myself where there's this sort of like shame that gets like implanted at the height of pleasure. And it's like, Oh, I shouldn't feel that, you know? And so it's, it's really been for me interesting to like totally like re rethink like, wow, you know, let me fully be there and like fully actually appreciate that pleasurable sensation and like fully know, like I'm worthy to like experience that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then sort of next step is like put like the big vision into this moment so that, you know, it gets kind of like implanted at like the highest of heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like, because when you were talking, um, I, when you were talking, I was like, well, when he's just in his experience, it's just like he's just self-absorbed and taking. and And then the flip side is, no, he's just really embodying his experience. And, and this is, I think this is the tricky thing for women because we are so used to giving, 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 giving emotionally mm. and physically. And so for women, I mean, I've, I've in a few women's groups that this has been a big topic of conversation is, is women learning how to receive and learning mm. how to even acknowledge that we do have desires and that we do want pleasure in our lives, but we've been so cut off because many women are brought up to serve everybody else except themselves, you know, and, and I think for, for men, they take that for granted that they're worthy, you know, that I should just be pleasured. (laughs) It should just be about me. (laughs) I I wouldn't actually generalize it at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause I think it actually has more to do with like a masculine or feminine energy. And I mean, that's something that all of us have. Right. So, I mean, I, I would resonate a lot with like what you were saying on, on the women front of like feeling to give and give and give and give and give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it's actually, I mean, for me, it's, it's a big one to actually learn to receive as well. You know, I actually like me, too. me, me as a lover, I feel like I've, I often give, but I also feel like, oh, for fuck's sake, I wish I don't want to give today. You know? <laughs> really not I want to be selfish and narcissistic. And it has nothing to do with selfish and narcissistic. It's just like today I just want to receive. And then you can have this conversation of like, okay, what space are you in? And if both are in the space of receiving, then maybe it's just not going to work. You know, or, or, or then it, I mean, it comes back down and that's something that we're exploring as well. It's like, um, you know, having these, these preset agreements of like today you just receive. Mm-hmm. And, but then also I feel like letting go of, of the outcome, you know, and being exactly being just there for the process and being like, yeah, yeah, it's not about it the goal. feels pleasurable. You know, it's not about like the orgasm, but it's about like, hmm, it's actually really just a cool experience. And then mm-hmm. actually just like that, you know I mean? And another interesting area that I am currently beginning to explore is basically um, orgasming without ejaculation, you know, mm-hmm. and really sort of, higher degrees of basically sexual energy mastery. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Because, yeah. you know, I studied a lot of like renewable energy engineering and things like that. And then like, I was like fascinated with energy basically since I was a kid, but it was always this sort of external thing, like electricity and things like this. And I begin to actually see like, oh, like coming together. Alchemist. Absolutely. I mean, this is exactly what it feels like to me. It's like, now it comes <laughs> together. Like it's the energy within, you know, this is where, this is where the true sustainable and renewable energy lies, you know? Yeah. Starts always within yourself. Okay. And I mean, ultimately, I think it starts with sex. It starts with this like creative energy of the universe, you know, like that can make life or anything else that you desire. Like, and I think that's, but it, but it doesn't always have to be about sex, you know, cause I think that's, I think that's the sort of challenge that people have, you know, it's like, am I actually, is this an actual creative expression or just sort of a, you know, like sexual performance goal oriented thing, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so this, they stated, I want to um, basically masters to be basically continuously turned on, mm-hmm. you know, like busy mm-hmm. turned on for life. And for I life, for life. Exactly. And you know, like it can find its manifestation in having sex or it can find its manifestation in making an amazing meal or creating a beautiful piece of art or launching a new business, you know, or launching a new product. And I mean, personally for me right now, I I freaking love doing business. You know, it's so cool to like, because ultimately I begin to see like, wow, you know, what am I doing? I'm playing Lego for adults. You know, I'm, I'm creating things and I begin to see, and it also basically has a relationship component in it again. It's like, ultimately, like the way I begin to look at business and like, man, what is the journey that I want to go on? What is the thing that I want to get really good at? And then for me right now, it's about like, how do I merge this ability to create things with non-ordinary states of consciousness, you know, through breathwork, through sexuality, for like psilocybin. Um, and then, or like even just like hot coherence meditation, you know, I've done it, I think like three or four times today, just before I was like writing a post on LinkedIn, I was like, okay, let me actually get rid of this space. And then it, it, like two moments, like because we're, running the forum next week, you know, and at two moments, like when I came back to my computer, like people had just like bought a ticket, like while I was doing the meditation, I was like, this is so cool. But I mean, what, what I meant to say here is ultimately like, what's the quest I want to go on? And then how do I make this available to others to participate? Right. And I think this is business actually. This is like, how do I do the things that I love and make it available to others? You know, it could be if I'm really excited about baking amazing breads, you know, it's like, yeah, how do I figure out how to make the best bread? And then the byproduct is like that. I have all these breads that then I can sell, you know, but it's ultimately not, not about selling the bread. Cause then, you know, I would like, try to see like, how can I basically cut a lot of corners to make the most profit? But it's about like, how do I figure out to make the perfect bread? And then, okay, let's, let's basically use our experiments, so to speak, to fund the quest of perfecting the bread. If that makes sense. And so you're constantly in this process of, because even, even as you were talking, I was thinking like, how do you do that in your relationships as well? How do I create the best container for this evolution, you know, both individually and as you know, me and we, uh, I say it's interdependence. You know, it's not independence mm-hmm. or dependence, it's interdependence, where yeah. it's this natural ebb and flow of freedom and connection, where we're both showing up in a different space. And yet we're co-creating something greater <clears throat> than what we can do on our own. You know, I mean, it's like one plus one equals two. No, <laughs> 
I say one plus one equals this infinite creation, you know, like more infinite possibilities than just what I have when I show up by myself, you know, because when I get other energy and other input, it just, it, it just expands. Right. Just like Mm -hmm. all of these, all of these connections are not just this, this uh, singular entity. It's like part of this massive growing evolutionary whole that we already are. Yeah. And I think in that regard, like this relationship piece, you know, I, I recognize, I mean, when we look at the world of like successful entrepreneurs, you know, they are all married, <laughs> you know, they are all in like long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think when, when you said like, maybe, how maybe the of, second or third evolution. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the second or third evolution. Cause they are like also learning. Um, but I, I think there is definitely something about like a man and a woman, coming together or, or let's say like having this, like one other human in your life that you feel like incredibly committed to. Mm-hmm. And so kind of bringing this back to the kind of the bread example, you know, I feel basically figuring out how to live the best relationship. I mean, that's, I think it's, it's, it's the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. you know? And then, cause it means like figuring out how to be in the most harmonious balance with myself. And I mean, you know, if I'm in the most harmonious balance with myself, you know, then I mean, that's ultimately what everybody's sort of like looking at, you know, and why there's like all these like business things. Cause I mean, you know, in, in the past we bought products to make us feel better, you know, and now it's more about like actually buying experiences to make us feel better or like yeah. courses to transform us, you know, where mm-hmm. we're basically, we're no longer living this like, let's say like transaction economy, but more like in a transformation, transformation economy, economy. you know, and I mean, we are becoming the product effectively. And so I think it's right. a really interesting thing than looking at if we are, unlocking like what it means to live the ultimate life you know i mean this is the product that we can then like pass on you know and whether it means like we figure out like how to live an incredible life as a couple or whether it means like we figured out how to transform this energy that we create as a couple and then create amazing businesses or like create awesome lifestyles you know i mean those are ultimately i feel the secrets that people are really after you know they are not after like a new product or a new course i want more xyz (laughs) Yeah. Cause I mean, that's like ultimately like what, not what it is, you know, it's just like, okay, this is the means to that end, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like ultimately what I'm beginning to see is there is no competition because like nobody has the same energy as you have or as right. I have, or, right. you know, we're all unique. And so ultimately like as soon as we figure out, yeah, this is who I am. That's what I'm wanting to do. That's the quest that I want to go on. And then just being open about it. Cause then the right people will gravitate towards us and be like, right. yeah, dude, this is awesome. This resonates with me. I want to go on this quest with you. And then, I mean, it's all about just like, how do I share? I want to be in your vortex, Toby. I know, Don. <laughs> That's why we're also doing this podcast. Um, I mean, honestly, come to the forum next week. It's going to be amazing. There's more, more beautiful humans that you, you would certainly love. Yeah. You want to tell people about your, your forum? Yeah. I mean, it's just one of these other projects where I recognize like, man, I met so many beautiful humans this year. Mm. And what I've seen is that the magic happens when people connect, not on, well, how can we do business together? But it's more like telling their origin story or masterminding together, like working through challenges. Or, I mean, we're going to do cool things from like abundance activation to inner child work, to breath work, to release Mm -hmm. old emotions or to tap into new beginnings. They're going to do a cacao ceremony and talk about purpose and it's just this like beautiful experience where it's ultimately it's not about the business but it's about like who are you as a person because ultimately i want to trust somebody before i do anything with them right and so 
yeah, that's really the, the, the premise where it's not about sort of the speakers or, you know, consuming content. Because, I mean, we can consume content on YouTube all day long. Right. But then the question is, like, how do we integrate it? And this, for, for me, happens, like, through human connection, through conversation, through, like, yeah, interesting. I didn't really have that perspective, but it's, like, through dialogue, it turns out, like, yeah, I actually learned something new and I connected with this other person. And then this is where beautiful ideas get born, new projects get born. And right. Yeah, it's been just so exciting over the course of this year to be part of things like that and be like, man, there's all these people in my world that haven't met one another yet, you know? So I want to create a space where people can come together and meet and have these experiences and then go away and be like, wow, this woman or this man was amazing, you know? And we, we have something more to create after that, you know, and seeing basically new things being born. And that's basically your superhumans network. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I recognized yesterday is that like throughout this year, I had one idea of what superhumans network would be. And I'm beginning to see now what crystallizes around me. And that's why it's all about like being open to like what actually like arises as well. You know, having now all these like entrepreneurs is kind of like arising in my world with these cool projects to, you know, solve the big challenges. So one of the ladies, she's working on a product to help kids on their quest into uh, basically mindfulness. And then like through that, you know, helping the parents as well. And another lady, she works on tokenizing flow, like through like variable technology. And then, you know, like when you're in flow, you're basically creating tokens, which then is a currency that you can, can use again. I'm involved in a blockchain project. And it's just, just like all these like new things of like how can the future look like if we yeah. actually came together and believe that we as a collective are stronger than this sort of like individualistic fear based yeah exactly and so what i'm beginning to see now is like yeah superhumans network will become this network of like high impact entrepreneurs that merge like spirituality and these heightened states of consciousness um and there will be investors there will be all these amazing projects and it's like wow you know, what can we do together if we create communities, you know, as right. Stephen Kotler talks about this, like state of, we are a collective and we are not competing, but we are collaborating at highest, highest level. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. My last question that I ask my guests is how do you define real love? It's being unconditionally present with the beauty and also the darkness really basically i would say the yin yang symbol is ultimate love you know it's kind of like coming together and it's in a way a contradiction and at the same time it's a beautiful whole the mystery one of the mysteries of the universe yeah i mean actually like i would also say that love is the ultimate creative force Mm. and yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a force that makes everything grow. And I recognize that, yeah, that, that the moment there is no more love, you know, things tend to wither away. Mm-hmm. And so on. I feel that's ultimately where I would see the distinction, you know, if something grows, like somebody is loving on it. Mm-hmm. And if it just like doesn't grow anymore, then like one or two people or a collective has stopped loving the thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah like the grass is greener where you water it absolutely yeah so how do people get in touch with you 
Toby, if they want to hear more about your superhumans uh, network and find out your work. Yeah, the easiest thing is if you go to superhumans.network and then there's all the links to uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and there's also how you can email me and yeah, be part of the forum if you want next week. Yeah. I'm so glad you came to be with me today. That was super fun, Don. Thank you so much. <laughs> so everybody, um, you know, there's, uh, this is the beautiful thing about, for me, having these conversations because I gain so much, you know, like I learn so much and I, I feel these beautiful connections. And for me, it's just this amazing, like loving exchange of energy. Um, so I really appreciate you showing up and being here with me. And, um, you know, for any of the listeners, you know, if you feel like you would, uh, you know, anybody that would benefit from this conversation, you know, subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast and please share. I mean, this is what I'm trying to share <laughs> with the world, you know, so that we can all come to this place of starting with ourselves. You know, this, I say the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. And so then when you embrace both the dark and light sides of yourself, you know, that you become more conscious of how you're showing up in the world and in your relationships, um, that you come to a place of love and acceptance for yourself so that you can offer that to the people that you are with. Thank you for creating that space, Don. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Toby. And listeners, every day, wake up to more and more real love. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And, of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.